You are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode 186, side B. Hey, William Shatnered us again. Every time. It's <laughs> Give Me Five podcast, a bi-weekly podcast, <laughs> reviewing the things you love today and the things you loved yesterday. Um, I am known as the one who changes with the full moon, and I'm joined by Stephen Monarch. Hi. And Richard Bachman. But you can call me Stephen Monarch. Dick. <laughs> you can call wow. me Dick. Wow, that was a very... You might have to explain that one to me. <laughs> well, uh, our movie of the week was uh, originally a Stephen King novel, so I figured right. I would make it Stephen Monarch. And Richard Bachman oh, is okay. a Stephen King pseudonym that he's written other books under the uh, name Richard Bachman. Uh, that, that was way too cerebral for me. I need far too Well, and since you were the same person... And I guess Greg caught it. He brought it around full circle, and he made it even more cerebral. And Meta, um, I believe that's been term. too much thinking, so I'm done for the night. Bye. That's so Inception. <laughs> yeah, I, I Inceptioned it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, here's the deal. This is a side B episode. We're going to talk about Silver Bullet. And, of course, we will answer our Give Me Five. No, we're not going to answer the Give Me Five question of the week. You know why? No, we are going to do the... No, we are. are. I've done it. Have you not done your homework? (laughs) No, no, we are. We are. I was thinking of the one we did inside A because it's a special week with a certain special one. But you're right. We are going to do a a question of the week this time as well. Um, I'm not sure that I love how the question of the week is worded. We'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. Don't worry about it. Well, suck uh, it up and deal with it. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. So here's the deal. Uh, while Omar is sucking it up and dealing with it, uh, what he was referring to, Second we're going to do the ad a little bit earlier because there's a good segue here. What he was referring to is our birthday question of the week that we did in our Side A episode, for episode 186, Side A. And that was for Adriana. It was her birthday. I believe she turned 22 years old. Uh, I believe I referenced renting a car, which would be 25. 25. Okay. Fair enough. 25. There we go. But anyway, she uh, had a birthday, so she got a, a list that was uh, five, technically 15, because all of us did it, uh, 15 facts about herself that she is just learning now as she listens. <laughs> and uh, regretting. Or, or being mortified that we actually know them. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Like her favorite uh, movie. Yeah. <laughs> of all of them, that was the one she'd be like, hell no. Uh, so she uh, – you can go right to hell. <laughs> As a patron, that is something that, that you guys can get. It's just a uh, $5 a month, and you get part of our chat room. You get an extra episode every month that you can uh, listen to right from the Patreon webpage. And, uh, of course, you get your birthday list. You get a chance to answer the question of the week as well as know the movie that you can watch so that for the following week so that you are all caught up and you don't have to worry about spoilers. Oh, spoilers, you say. We're going to spoil you. the hell out of this movie. What about spoilers, yeah. Greg? Yeah, we're going to spoil the hell out of this. I was 
like that was I just inceptioned it again, didn't I? I think I uh, I did the double segue. Boom! I started and ended mm. with a segue. Bam. Wait, wait, wait! You're gonna spoil this masterpiece? I am. That... I'm gonna spoil this this werewolf movie. <laughs> Uh, and we are both, we're all going to spoil this werewolf movie. So if you have yeah, not seen Silver Bullet, then, uh, you can of course, uh, check it out and, uh, come back and listen to us talk about it. Are we, are we, we going to it on but... what? Amazon prime? Is that where we uh, find it? No. It's on Amazon prime for like two ninety nine, I believe, but that's what I did. But, uh, there was a link pasted in a, in our chat room to something called popcorn flicks. I believe that's with an X. And I was able to watch it for free, but all I had to deal with was some commercials, and I will talk about those as well. <laughs> uh, quick question Excellent. about the spoilers, Greg. Yes. Are we going to try to avoid major twists, or are we just going to... Hell no. This no. movie <laughs> came out in 1985. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Spoilers. Shut the hell up. We landed on that. No. <laughs> okay, yeah, We've nerdy, already warned you. The nerdy friend, werewolf food. Just saying. <laughs> Um, the asshole right. friend, werewolf food. Werewolf yeah. food. That's fair enough. Abusive alcoholic father, werewolf food. Werewolf food. Yep. What about uh, the uncle? Badass. Ah, there bad it is. Badass. Total badass. Yeah. Okay. okay so Played let, by let's... Gary Busey before he went insane. Uh-huh. Maybe the reason he did go I insane, I was just going to say, this is why he went insane. <laughs> he was so good, he went full, I don't know, Orson Welles or whatever. <laughs> and we were... <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because I was thinking of looking at this role and be like, this role, this is what I need to pattern the rest of my life on. <laughs> well, and and Greg and this I Greg and I were one. looking at it because we were both surprised that that or maybe it wasn't Greg, maybe it was maybe it was Scott, because I watched it with Scott in the uh in the Discord chat, by the way. Um we were surprised that this role was actually before his role in Lethal Weapon. That's, yeah, weapon. that would be a year or two before, right? Maybe two, three yeah. years before. Lethal yeah, because or 40, he looked, 48 hours. He looked far younger in Lethal Weapon. <laughs> but that's really funny. He Thank was you. a big old dumpy uncle in this movie. And in Lethal Weapon, he was he was kind of svelte and looked rather young-ish. Wait, wasn't 48 hours? Are you talking about Nick Nolte? Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm talking. Or was about, he in Forty Eight Hours? I don't remember. Too, I don't remember him being in Lethal Weapon, but I'm apparently wrong. He was Mr. Joshua. I haven't seen the Lethal Weapon since it was in the theater. Yeah. Wow. He was. Really? He was the blonde. Um, the blonde like commando slash special forces guy. Oh. The guy. The guy that. Um. The guy that he asked for. Uh, the main guy asked for his arm and held the lighter underneath his arm just to illustrate oh, yeah. how well That's he followed orders. Right. He was Mr. Oh Joshua God. in Lethal That's Weapon, right. and he looked far younger and much more svelte yeah, in that off. movie than I'm he off. did in this one. I did the double the double uh, segue, and I broke my brain. So, okay, <laughs> let's keep going here. We are uh, uh, Silver Bullet. Who's got the release date and all that stuff? It came out um, on October 11th of 1985. Good it year. was directed by Daniel Atias, of course, written by Stephen King. This this I think was one of the one of the two movies where he actually wrote the screenplay. He, he did not adapted do that his work for the screenplay. It was this one and oh, what was the other one? Bridges of Madison County. Yes, that was it. 
Um, and he also wrote the screenplay for The Shining, but Kubrick threw that right the hell out the window. Mm-hmm. And he actually did didn't he like The Shining to. at all, from what I understand. Yeah, Steve he didn't like, the, didn't like the movie version of it. But it it's it stars uh, Gary Busey, Everett McGill, Corey Haim, Megan Follows, Robin Groves, Leon Russom, and Terry O'Quinn. Yes, so... Rob reading right by the part where I said, I'll take this. Yeah, too late. <laughs> uh, Gary Busey, he uh, just, you know, we talked about him a bunch, but he, of course, plays Uncle Red, the uh, crazy uncle, which we'll come back later. Uh, Corey Haim, I am very surprised that a movie that did this poorly, pretty much in the, the height of Corey Haim fever, right? Like, this was, like, right yeah. on the cusp of it. And I, I don't know, though, was it? One of, one of the first notes I put in my, in my, on my note sheet was, holy shit! Gary Busey and Corey Haim? <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> but was it, is, is this the height of the Corey Haim time, or is, or is this like the beginning of it? I think this was closer to the beginning, because this was, I think, so I think Lost Boys was at the height of the Corey Haim. Exactly. It was and the cusp, it was the cusp of the Corey Haim. There right. Is, yeah. Thing. Right, right, uh, right. So he right. plays Marty Coastlaw, which the, the Coastlaw thing, which my phone constantly wanted to re-auto, <laughs> it wanted to auto-correct as I was typing out these notes. Of course. Uh, Marty Coleslaw. Everett McGill plays Reverend Reverend Lowe, the kind of spooky-looking young reverend that's in town. All dark and leering eyes and whatnot. <laughs> and and I got to spoil something here because I thought it was funny as shit. Was I, I, have not, I had not seen this movie before. I will tell you that right now. I had not seen this movie. Neither had I. And, and when I was watching it, my first note about Everett McGill was, there's always a preacher. I bet he's the werewolf. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> there's always a preacher in these kinds of movies. I bet he's the he's, werewolf. And I'll be damned. He, he, it's interesting because he he's, he's got some interesting movies. He was in Dune. Um, before mm-hmm. this, he was in Heartbreak Ridge with... Uh, with um, uh, uh, Clint Eastwood. Andrew Garfield. He was in License oh, no. to Kill. He was in The Sorry, People I'm Under the Stairs. Of, uh, Hacksaw Ridge. No, no, no. Heartbreak Ridge. Yeah, he was. He was father in People Under the Stairs, wasn't he? I don't. Yeah, I think. So. I think he was. Yes. Uh, you don't remember Heartbreak Ridge? Not Hacksaw Ridge. No, no, no. Uh, I was thinking Hacksaw Ridge. I. Yeah. Oh, okay. I misunderstood what you said. Okay. So he's been. I was like, he was, was he at that time. He was he was he was in some good movies. He was in he was like happening in the mid mid eighties there, mid late eighties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, Megan Follows, who plays Jane Coastlaw, who is the sister of Corey Haim. By the way, which didn't really say it, but Corey Haim is, uh, and this is not my term, as I'm not entirely sure this is the right term anymore. But he is crippled, and that's the term they use throughout the movie. He is in a wheelchair. He is. Uh, Megan there's follows there's some really Jane. dark moments in reference to that, too. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, with the sister specifically. So the sister, uh, she also is the narrator, and I have some stuff to say about the narrator later as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robin Groves is Nan Coastlaw. That is the mom. Uh, Terry O'Quinn is in this. We're obviously a bunch of other people, but I'm just kind of picking out a few that stood out. Terry O'Quinn, he was known for Lost as John Locke. He was in Hawaii Five O, Young Guns, apparently, which I did not know until I looked it up. But he plays Sheriff Joe Haller, the the sheriff of the town. And I kept on forgetting. He was, he was the guy that I kept going, I've seen him before. Who the hell is that? Yeah. 
He had way more hair, like me, actually. Uh, when I don't remember went... him in Young Guns. I don't remember them in there. Yeah, I'd... he was kind of deep in the cast list on Young Guns. He's been Got in a bunch of stuff. But I remember him for sure from Lost. Like, I love that show. Mm-hmm. So... He was also in Tombstone. Was he? I just remembered that. He huh. was also in Tombstone. He was he was the the sheriff that was not Behan. Do you remember how they had two sheriffs? Yes. Wow. Or he was or maybe it was the mayor. He was he was the other guy. He was the guy that put the guilt trip on the the Wyatt on the Ert brothers for making money in the town when everybody else was, you know, like dealing with death and the cowboys and everything. That was him? He was the mayor. I'm. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, I like him. I, I. I. I'm a fan. He's cool. So what we're gonna do here is have uh, someone read the synopsis of the movie, and then we will in a small break it town. Down. Brutal killings start to plague the close knit community. Marty Coleslaw, a paraplegic <laughs> boy, is convinced the murders are the doings of a werewolf because of the way that's written with the black highlight on the on our notes. I thought it said is convicted of be, of the murders, mm. and I was like, "That's not it." Uh, yeah, convinced. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rob is set to autocorrect, so we have to we have to go into settings and change that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. What do you guys think? Initial thoughts. Well, I I already gave you my initial thoughts. My th- my initial thoughts right right in the opening credits were when I saw Gary Busey and Corey because I had no idea about anything in this movie. And I saw Gary Busey and Corey Haim. I'm like, hell yeah, this is going to be a fun movie. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is, is I've heard such bad things about this movie. And I'm not really sure why, because it's kind of fun. It is the, fun. The, the movie itself is, is enjoyable. And, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not a, you know, take your five-year-old to see it kind of fun. But, but it's more of a... Hey, I bet that guy's the werewolf type of fun, you know? I mean, yeah, I, and it, and it's weird. I don't understand what happened, and, and we'll get into it a little bit later, but I don't understand what happened because from what I understand, this movie did absolutely poorly. It, mm-hmm. it, it did not perform well at the box office at all. It had like a, um, I believe it had a, a $7 million budget. And it only made like four and a half in the United States, and it only grossed like twelve million worldwide. So I mean, it made its money back, but not really. Um, but everyone who saw it gave it a good rating. I mean, even even Siskel and Ebert, who hate like everything, gave it four out of five stars. Did they really? Because they're yes. tough. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I'm not a hundred percent sure what happened, but I think I have an idea, and we'll talk about that later. There is a list of movies that we have in our chat that none of the no one can see other than us, mm-hmm. and which is where I think Omar pulled this from. I did, and this yeah. this movie is one of those. And I'd I learned about it from a book that I was reading, and well, I'd heard about it before because we I think talked about it or something. But um, I was like, and it's, there's just this list of of movies, and like some of them, I'm like, yeah, I really want to do this someday but you don't want to jump right into doing certain movies because they seem like they're going to be good ones that you can use to like wipe bad ones out of your brain afterwards. Like, you know, we do uh, sound of thunder, for example, and you really want to watch something like this. That's actually fun. 
right afterwards to be like, yeah, it's kind of a cheesy 80s movie, but it's not A Sound of Thunder. I don't know why that's the one we keep on picking on. We've watched way worse movies than that. <laughs> I don't mean to be that guy, but this is like the most talked about movie that's <laughs> on this show. <laughs> Sound of Thunder. Yeah, it's it's uh, uh, it's it's not quite yik yak, but <laughs> it's uh, no. So uh, I was very excited to watch this. You know, wanted to to dig into the werewolfness and especially knowing the backstory, and I can see its flaws, but. It was fun. It was, you know, it, was it, it really was. It was part of this like giant mass of like werewolf movies that came out around that time. You know, the Howling, the Howling, exactly. American Werewolf in London, and this, and a, a few years later, Teen Wolf. Like all of these werewolf movies came out all in a row, and this is the one that kind of got lost. But I remember that's that's that is where I got it. It was from the the little uh, from our chat room, and uh, of course, you know, that's one of those things like uh, you know. What was it? April Fool's Day, where like you always remember the cover, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember mm-hmm. seeing Silver Bullet, and I'm a big Stephen King fan anyway. Like I've read a lot of his stuff, so I was like, "Well, we got to do this. Like, let's just do it." Yeah. And uh, you know, it's super '80s, very '80s music, very '80s style, uh, '80s you know filmmaking and acting. Um, so to me, it's another one of those like. It's another beer movie. It was fun. It was better than a lot of <laughs> than some of the things that we've watched recently. Some of the detritus we've seen recently. Uh, it, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. Um, well, part of we review bad movies. Didn't you understand? <laughs> they're supposed to be bad because if they're good, then we're not reviewing bad movies. Well, I'm not going to throw around words like good or watch or rewatchable when I'm talking about this movie. <laughs> but it wasn't. It wasn't as bad. Like for me, the '80s, it's a rough decade as far as movies and things like that go. Um, and I was never a fan of the horror movies from the '80s anyway. So like even at that time, you when, were on the wrong podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or am I? <laughs> and so, but like, so that's like it was fun to like go back and look at those because I because that's Silver Bullet is one of the ones that I remember walking around Blockbuster, and. Um, no, I'm glad. I'm glad that 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 we did this one. It was fun. It was. Um, it had its dark moments with um, with uh, the main character's you know friend, who ends up getting shredded. Although they they tastefully never actually show that. Um, so there's some darker moments, but it was a good time. It was a good. It was a good. Uh, it was an interesting. It was an interesting movie. Um, I think I saw in the notes here something about the werewolf costume. Yes. Yeah, they they actually started filming before they had the werewolf costume. So it wasn't even completed yet, and they were they were already filming the movie. Correct. They started right. filming the movie before they actually got the werewolf costume. Right. Right. Never um, start. Never start anything before you get the costume. I liked. Like, you never start the costume party before the, you get your costume. You never start <laughs> filming. You ne- you never start the orgy before all the costumes have arrived because you don't want the costume delivery to show up in the middle of the orgy. What or movie you? were we talking about again? <laughs> <laughs> Sir, your unicorn costume is here. <laughs> <laughs> you totally sounded like the pimply nerd from Simpsons. You That's really what I did. did. That was That's why I did it on purpose. That was perfect. That was really good. I was going to talk about the scene where 
a werewolf scene, but that's at toward the end of the movie. So yeah, we are going to go straight through this movie, and, and we can all. Jump I mean, in. And, and the thing that I love is is actually this is this is a movie that is that is enjoyable, and I can appreciate the '80s movie vibe in this movie. It's not it's not so horrendous that the movie is terrible, but you can definitely tell that it's an '80s movie, and it does have '80s horror movies have a particular feel to them, exactly. if you will. And this movie sat right in that sweet spot for me. I re- I, I I actually enjoyed the movie. I, and I, I mean I mean come on, only in an eighties movie is it acceptable to give an underage crippled boy a motorcycle and have it be okay. <laughs> true. I'm like, are fast. you shitting me right now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all it, right. It wasn't what? one of those scooters at Publix. It was fast. We're going. It is. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was going to go with only in an 80s horror movie is it acceptable for like the bully friend to throw a snake on a girl where it's like where the bullying goes one step beyond what would be considered bullying to actual abuse. Yeah. Yeah. That the scare was bullying. The throwing the snake was, oh, my God, he's trying to kill her. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's let's go through this movie here. The opening of this movie, like a whole bunch of other ones is going to involve a couple things. We are going to, uh, of course, talk about... We, we introduce the characters in the opening sequence, and, of mm-hmm. course, you get your initial murders, which is a big 80s horror movie thing. So it really kind of starts on this guy. He's fixing a, a railroad... Uh, switch. He, like a switch thing. He looks down, sees these giant uh, footprints, looks up, and there is a werewolf behind him, at least the head of a werewolf behind him. But we don't see it yet. They don't actually show it. You kind of get a claw that cuts his head off. Yeah, yeah. And, and it sw- it cuts his head clean off. Smack. <laughs> you see the head go flying in the air. A couple funny, awesome things here. My note was, uh, that's weird. The drunkest guy in this movie isn't Gary Busey. Because <laughs> it was that guy. Excellent point, sir. Yeah. Uh, that his head was smacked clean off. And they, of course, cut right to a haircut sequence, which was nice. Mm-hmm. I always like I always like those clever cuts where you get yeah the... the had it cut off to a hair cut. So, uh, right after that, um, they also have to introduce the town. So that's like the big, like shock surprise horror thing. And then they cut to a, the good old town picnic with band fan, with band fanfare and, you know, people running to this field and like, you know, they're basically introducing the town as like a small town mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, this is where you where the snake thing happened that we just talked about a second ago. The the uh, Corey Haim character uh, I forget his name now uh, was uh, with his buddy Marty, and they were torturing his sister. Marty was Coleslaw. All, yes, uh, Marty Coleslaw was, and his sister was all gussied up for the the fair, and they mm-hmm. they scare her with a snake, and she yep. falls down and she she rips her hose. Uh, she, what whatever she said made me laugh because it was like do you know how much hose cost <laughs> like wow <laughs> it's, so it's gonna be that kind of movie back yeah. then probably i don't know 15 dollars, depending on what you ask <laughs> i don't know <laughs> that's funny uh, so well, my comment Thompson on that was this kid's an asshole <laughs> yeah right uh, and she... and you know marty's sitting there going no, don't, don't, come on, no, don't, don't do it, no, stop it, okay. <laughs> yeah. The, this is also where you find out 
you see another character that is uh, pregnant and telling a guy that she is in fact pregnant. Um, was that the uncle? I couldn't see. Like, I didn't. When there's scenes like that, you don't realize if you're supposed to like pay attention to what the characters look like. Um, so was the guy? Who was the guy that got her pregnant? Is that? I didn't see who it was. Um, I don't know that he was a that he was a main character. I okay, think it was yeah, just, I, I, yeah. I, think I just didn't just know if I was supposed to pay attention stuff. to that. But so that's that's kind of the the, the little bit of the town. Um, the brother and sister get in an argument, and the next the next scene is basically the the sister is asleep, I guess angrily, and the brother is bringing her money for her for her pantyhose. Uh, don't parents pay for that kind of stuff? Yeah, especially at that age. Yeah, like yeah, these are like what. 11, 12 years old, maybe yeah, a little more. kids. Like, but, well, don't forget, on the ride home, they're like, oh, you know, be nice to your brother. He's crippled. I'm like, damn. And, yeah, they, and, like, she's covered in mud and has, like, a snake in her hair. <laughs> they're just calling it out, just giving him a pass. They're like, yeah, yeah, forget about it. He's crippled. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, you know, you know that that girl's going to a lot of therapy. <laughs> it didn't matter what I did. I always got in trouble because of my stupid brother. That, that why is you correct. pushed? Is that why you pushed him down the stairs? Yeah. No, that's why I rolled his wheelchair down the stairs. Yeah, right. <laughs> um. Then, we, of course, we get to see re-see the woman that was arguing about uh, being pregnant and knocked up by this other dude, and she is about to kill herself by dumping a whole lot of pills out, and she starts taking them one by one, or she's about to take them one by one. Yeah. My before you know, like as these sequences play out, I'm like, man, that's a lot of pills. And then I realized, oh, she was trying to commit suicide, but she didn't get to commit suicide because <laughs> why? My comment on this was, holy shit, werewolves climb trellises <laughs> <laughs> because the werewolf literally scaled the trellis outside her home to get up to her window to kill her. Yeah. Because she was on the second story. And it's like, goes through the window. I don't know how you would get that much velocity through the window from a trellis. I've climbed a few trellises in my day, and you can't really get a lot of oomph as you're jumping. Now, I will say that this is our first indication here that the werewolf is actually, uh, I want to say sentient, but the werewolf is actually a thinking animal. Um, and And I found out that in the original script, the werewolf was actually supposed to speak. So this is a little bit more of a human werewolf than what we're used to as far as the werewolf lore. Mm. I think you, we might be on the same path here. And there's something I want to—I'm saving for the reveal. Okay, but we'll 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 definitely get to that again. Uh, they cut to the little bar, good old downtown bar. People arguing and t- talking, and you know. Complaining about taxes and the cops and, you know, why aren't they solved this murder yet, et cetera, et cetera. Um, typical, they do the scene in a lot of movies, you know, murder things where people turn at, turn against the cops because the mm-hmm. cops haven't solved the murder right? Um, versus being angry at the murderer. It's, it's a total movie scene, although it actually happens in real life, too, based on all the documentaries I've seen. Uh, but it's very – this is a very Stephen King setting, the, the downtown, like, crappy watering hole in the small town. Full of dudes wearing trucker hats. Tarker's Mill, incidentally, was a was a town in another Stephen King film, or another which Stephen, Stephen King. Which Stephen King book or town was that? Ah, did I write that down? I don't remember. 
He, he does that a lot. He uses the same towns. I do know that he used the cemetery in Salem's lot. Okay. Harper's Mill a lot, or whatever. And like it and a bunch of other stories where it took place in Derry, Maine. Yeah. Like Harmony just, Hill, just the a, cemetery, is from this movie in Salem's lot. <clears throat> okay. So you get that. So now you know that there's a group of angry townspeople that are aware of the murders. The editing is a little bit weird in this point because you never really see them finding the bodies. You just kind of hear – like there's not a lot of buildup to this, I noticed. Um, but they also then cut to the school, which is where you actually see the robotic or the um, motorized wheelchair for the first time, at least one of them. <laughs> just just idling the first in the iteration with all closed windows. Yeah. And that's what I was that my exact thought is like I'm pretty sure the engine fumes are going to kill this dude before the werewolf does because it's like rumbling like a, a lawnmower like, do, 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 do. <laughs> I'm like so is this kid just sit in class like that like do, 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 do. <laughs> teacher I'm feeling woozy <laughs> can we crack shut up window? he's crippled leave him alone <laughs> let him have this <laughs> can we crack a window no <laughs> like <laughs> oh, I'm tired <laughs> just go to sleep put your head on your desk um they also introduce like they do a lot of little introduction scenes and they introduce another character who is kind of kind of is like a girlfriend type character a little little girl who smooches um you know smooches him and and uh you also meet his completely shitty father which again totally a stephen king thing totally. like mm-hmm. like the the stephen king fathers are always like nine notches worse than like any other book or movie father like they uh, okay got a little bit of bad stuff but this one's like yelling at her and whatever uh <laughs> this this is again where i was like god damn this the this her dad is the one that says um uh they should just electrocute all cripples i yeah. was like what <laughs> holy shit yeah <laughs> I think, again, we need to understand just how much cocaine Stephen King was on at the time that this movie was written. <laughs> the he cocaine was problems. writing the, the cocaine was writing most of this <laughs> script. Stephen King was just kind of along for the, the ride. also the second movie of this year to have a main character named Marty. Would that be McFly? Yeah. yeah. That was 1985, too. Uh, that's right. I suggest you get Back to the Future and this movie out of the same sentence. Because they're nowhere near each other. No. Uh, that is the only thing they have in common. Uh, and we- weird-ass vehicles, I guess. Uh, <laughs> That's true. Okay, so we introduce the father. And again, they're just basically introducing you to characters that you either like or hate. Mm-hmm. So that they can eventually be victims. Uh, they, there's a li- It's not really important. I mean, I guess it kind of is, but... The, the mom, who I first thought was a terrible parent because she wouldn't buy her damn daughter any pantyhose, uh, was actually a smart parent here and was like, Maybe you shouldn't hang out with Gary Busey when he's drunk, which is pretty much a, a rule that all of us should live by. Yeah. <laughs> which means that nobody hangs out with Gary Busey ever. Like, that's what my parents told me when I went off to college. Like, you know. Don't hang out with Gary Busey when he's drunk. <laughs> yeah, that was what they, that's what they said. Uh uh, but they they do cut to a a nice little greenhouse with this guy that the asshole girlfriend's father rummaging around looking for something because he heard noises out there, and he goes check it out. What happens to this nice gentleman? 
Oh, he gets or not impaled. the asshole gentleman, I guess. He gets impaled by by floorboards and then dragged down into the basement to be consumed by the werewolf. And at this point, I'm going, Jesus Christ, is every night a full moon? What in the hell is going on? Yeah. So because there's like no no um, signifying of like space or a lull in between the attacks, it's like every night is an attack. I'm like, they didn't they do the thing with the like. Could they have not thrown an insert scene in there with like the clouds going across the moon or something, showing it was full moon? Uh, he's pulled through a he's pulled through the floor, mm-hmm. which as the floorboards break, it impales him. Now, since I watched this movie in a different way that you guys did, right after this part was my first commercial. <laughs> Okay. And the commercial okay. was for a, a, a streaming service w- that was for inspirational streaming. So I see this dude get impaled. It freezes, because I didn't know there was going to be commercials. It freezes for a second, and then I met with a bunch of, like, images of, like, movie posters and stuff, like, going around, and it was, like, the Tim Tebow story. And we're, like, <laughs> <laughs> or, like, there was one, like, you know, finding the light, and it was, like, these a silhouette of these people walking into, like, a, a keyhole that was shaped like a cross it was like shaped Excellent like a key product placement it, it was like wow it's almost like like does that they really think that you're like well he's watched this werewolf movie about a a killer priest by the way and now we're gonna give him this commercial every single time about positive television they um knew you yeah right <laughs> and i couldn't fast forward it either which was so i saw that commercial at least 15 times <laughs> and I still don't remember the name of the the channel. So it's something oh, oh, just a cl- kind of religious. But I always love when they're like, "It's positive stuff for the whole family." I'm like, sure. Uh, let's see. So that guy's dead. Going back to the park or the lake. It's a park, but there's like a lake there that they're always sitting by. And the the two kids, Marty and the asshole kid, whose name is Brady. Uh, he went on to become a popular quarterback. They're they're, uh, I believe this is uh, when they're flying kites. Mm-hmm. And he is oddly intensely focused on his kite. Very intense focused on his kite. Couple things here. Have you ever flown a kite, like on purpose with just like your friend? Like, hey, let's go to the park and fly kites. With I have. I yes, not with the really, buddy, but with my girls. Yeah. Okay, well, father daughter thing. That's that makes sense. But like, I'm talking. I've about done it with my dad and my brother. Okay, but again, just your buddy. <laughs> like, right. Hey, guys, I'm coming up to Orlando soon. You guys want to go fly some kites? Let's go yeah. fly some kites. Yeah, okay. Just making sure. Because I've never flied. I've never flown a kite. That was one thing. The other thing was they cut to that scene and the the uh, wheelchair child is in a tree. <laughs> I was yeah. like, how the yeah. hell did he get into the tree? <laughs> but then, But then if you pay attention, because I thought the same thing. They sh- it shows how he gets down, and he he nails it. It's pretty good. Like there's no yeah, but he got <laughs> down with help. Man, uh, okay, that's fair. That's a good point. How the hell did he reach up there? <laughs> how did he get up there? My thought, his was... buddy, who's an asshole, threw him into the tree thing, and it would be yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> My thought was at first I was like, they're not going to do a reason like how he ended up in the wheelchair, right? Because nope. like I was like, is this like a, oh, is this like a prequel thing? I'm like, I don't need that. And then the sister came up. And I'm like, okay, no, it's not. But yeah, she does help him down a little. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, 
So, and I don't think she even asked about him being in the tree. She's like, "I'm just here to get you home for dinner. Let's go." Yeah. And like that's no, nothing like, like, like how the hell yourself. did you get into the tree, yeah. you little weirdo? Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. normal. He's always in like trees and shit, like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like he's <laughs> Cli- climbing down the trellises outside his room. What the hell was that? How'd yeah, you get up there? Uh, he's got the the best upper body strength ever right for like <laughs> an eight-year-old climbing around on like concert stage tops like eddie vetter like mm-hmm. yeah exactly this crazy shit uh next day they cut to this is actually they, this is like a weird edit because they i know they didn't want to show this kid like brady get killed but this is when he does get killed so like i think they it edits away from him looking at the kite mm-hmm. the friends leave and then the next day they just showed this this um dude finding a body and or the cop finding a body he found then, the body at night i thought i'm not sure and then the the bald guy his dad shows up and like lets out the worst whale ever and i kind of actually like i was like that's the weirdest reaction ever and then i kind of realized what it was because of the edit being weird and i was like oh and i kind of felt bad but yeah that's my reaction so i'm gonna go ahead and own know, it I'm, I'm gonna own it i am but that's like a very sensitive dick the way that they did that why yeah yeah we're going back to the bar because Why now not? these northern rednecks want to hunt people. Right? They're like, you know, like the New England style. Like, <laughs> like let's let's get them. And they're going to do the, the there's a whole spiel about private justice. Like, we want private justice. And Brady's dad gives like a, a talk about private justice. And then it goes right at that point after talking about vigilante murder, I get more religious advertisements. <laughs> and that's when I realized that every single one of them was going to be that so my my notes of course said all my ads are religious why nice they know what you need private justice and private come to jesus they're like he's watching this movie he must need god (laughs) (laughs) somewhere on my phone i've got the werewolf jesus meme there you go like Easter this year is in a full moon. What's that mean? Werewolf Jesus. <laughs> this, the, but this part where they're like wandering through the woods trying to find the the killer or whatever because they don't know it's a werewolf at this point. Yeah. But they're wandering through the woods trying to find the killer. They they drop one of. It's so stupid, but it's probably one of the lines that made me laugh the most in the movie. What was that? Let's see if I I don't remember it. You gonna make lemonade in your pants, Donald? <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh my god! <laughs> I was like, "Are you gonna make let what?" <laughs> That's so funny. Well, it was weird that they were in the woods because, like, if they don't know it's a werewolf, why would they go to the woods? Like, couldn't it just be like another townsperson that's doing all these murders, or did they think it was just some sort of animal? I think they, they thought it was an animal, or maybe because well, they're a talking person. about it. Well, no, because they're dude. talking about it like it's no, a they think it's a person. No, they thought yeah. it was, they were they were looking for a, a serial killer. A psycho serial killer. So, yeah, they, they were they were going after a person. The woods was very clearly a set, I think, because there was this like low hanging fog that very much looked like I don't know, like an eighties concert. Yeah. yeah, like an eighties movie. It was like yeah. low to the ground. Um, and of course, that low hanging fog is hiding our friend the werewolf. And this is, I think, the first time you actually get a full look at the werewolf. But it's just brief, though, if I recall. Oh, and it's not good. You can see the rubbery mask. <laughs> it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the and there is a, there is a monogram baseball bat at this part that's going to come up later. But I, I this is we got to talk about the look of the werewolf. I 
compare this to every other werewolf movie of the pa- of the years, four years before it and two years after it, and this was easily the worst one in my mind. <laughs> well, the the biggest complaint about the werewolf costume was that it looked like a bear. I thought it looked rubbery. A bear, really? Yeah, if you look at a still shot from this from the scene where he's in where he broke into the house, and you get a good shot, uh, a good headshot of the werewolf. It it looks a lot like a bear. Huh. Okay. Because it like has like a little white patch on its stomach thing. with like a rainbow. No, 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 just just a shot of the head. <laughs> the head actually looks like a bear. Gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> wow, Greg. You went there. I, I went. I went. No, I, I went Care Bears. <laughs> yeah. Not did. not the other kind of bear. The one with the sunshine. Yeah, it was the sunshine the one. one with, like, the the a birthday cake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, wow, this got significantly less scary. <laughs> All right, this movie's just misunderstood, obviously. <laughs> they went to Care Bear Land. They didn't That's die. So funny. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, okay, so we are we go to the church because of you know there's funerals and whatnot, and there's a couple funeral things. I'm not going to talk about all of them because whatever. There's just priest, young, evil-looking priest doing a funeral and at one point he has like this weird hallucination where you're seeing like it's a mass funeral and you're seeing all of the people in the crowd start turning into werewolves um man these type of scenes always just throw me off like I, I lose track of the rest of the movie whenever there's like hallucination scenes I don't know mm-hmm. it throws it what do you mean you lose track like you like I get like for as soon as there's like a hallucination scene or any sort of weird scene like that not flashbacks so much, but you know, like dream sequences, things like that. Right. I I get immediately pulled out of a movie. Like I just do. I don't know. Oh, I understand. Okay. It it takes you out of the. I get yeah. it. I get it. Yeah. And that's what happened here. Mm-hmm. Got it. Oh, the good news was it looked a little bit like a heart video from 1983. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I it really did. A cut through then... a stained glass wall. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, like, the dudes just, like, drop into the fog. Yeah. <laughs> There's, like, candles everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are the candles? Yeah. It's, yeah. Because yeah. they're making lemonade. Ah. Exactly. Yes, we are. In, in their pants. Okay. Uh, the best unlike Jaws, they are canceling 4th of July. Well, is Jaws 4th of July? Well, they're canceling. Yes. Yeah. So... They're canceling 4th of July, and everyone is pissed off about this. Mind you, this is the first time the kid has shown any emotion about the fact that his best friend got murdered. Yeah. He's pissed like, off oh. about 4th of July. Well, Brady's dead. Oh, well. Yeah. What do you mean point. we can't light off sparklers at the park? <laughs> it's because Brady's dead. I want to stand over his corpse. <laughs> <laughs> With a sparkler in each hand. And light a snake thing on his forehead. That's right. Put a... Put a uh, Roman candle in his navel and launch it off. Um, That's funny. I did send you a picture of that werewolf head, by the way. Excellent, excellent. We will take a look at that. Uh, so fireworks canceled, but of course that means that they're just going to do a little miniature 4th of July at their house, which is when the reveal of the Silver Bullet 2.0 happens. Yeah, and this is this is where the kid gets the um, the like street legal motor trike. I'm like, what in the, f- why would you give an underage 
kid who can't use a paraplegic, a, a, a street legal motor trike. What is wrong with you? Thanks, Uncle Red. You want him to be more crippled? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, and, and Red's like, I mean, how much worse could it be? I don't know. <laughs> We're going to ruin your spine just further north. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's, he, uh... And he goes, he like shows him it in the garage. And by the way, the other thing my parents told me, don't ever let Gary Busey show you what's in his garage. Mm-hmm. Because you will, and, you and will end up tied up. Says, don't don't let your mom know. But then they don't they like take it to the table for the meal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's like, it's an ass. I think. Well, he says it's an ass kicker, isn't it? And don't let your mom know. I think it's to let her know how fast it goes. But it was poorly worded. Oh, okay. Yes, exactly. Uh, he does say ass kicker. I think. Yeah. And they so he of course takes off in this thing. He does a wheelie. Um, he's going really fast. He like, he goes past a car that's going full speed on a road. Like this is the typical mm-hmm. 80s movie with the, the curvy road, very stranger things as well. The curvy road with the trees on either side. Yeah. Uh, he's going remarkably fast and he's like, when he gets to the one point at the end of the road and he like goes to turn around, I'm like, that thing has three wheels and he's a kid and he's never done that before. Like, there's no way he wouldn't flip that thing like at all. Cause he, yeah turning at like 60 miles an hour on a three-wheel wheelchair which is such a weird idea and a, like, and a terrible idea actually <laughs> yeah. uh he gets back to the house does another wheelie and gary Busey is passed out on the ground because he's pretending but he's like oh shit i thought you were dead kid <laughs> like, don't give him a motorcycle yeah dumbass uh we also have another sequence where they're back home and the kid leaves the house to go ride on the motorcycle again. I think he's in an argument with Yeah, this is where he like, sneaks out in the middle of the night. Yeah. So his... So my... Climbs down they, the trellis. Yep. Where I wrote, Christ, kid, stop shy, stop climbing shit. <laughs> Maybe that's why, because I typed Christ, kid, to quit, stop climbing shit. All my ads were religious. Probably. Uh, he went on uh, jo- the second well, that joyride. That the fact that you need the Lord. M- most likely, most likely. <laughs> you would, you you do too. <laughs> Y'all uh, need to download some Jesus. <laughs> one of one of our one of our episodes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well that, so there's a murderer out on the loose. Killed this kid's friend. He decides that he's just going to go out by himself, by himself, and light off fireworks. Yep. Off of her talk place. about. Putting a big shining beacon on where you're at in the middle of the woods. Mm-hmm. Hey, come get me. Yep. So what do you think happens? Werewolf on the side of the lake, watching him light off the fireworks. And then the werewolf goes after the kid. And the kid launches a firework into the werewolf's face. And With the best scene ever. Yeah. yeah, right? If that happened, the first thing I thought would and that scene... All of us, our age, everyone I know would be dead. <laughs> if right. if that would have been me, that bottle rocket that he yeah. shot would have gone out, curved around, and hit me in the face. We would have all had either like one eye missing, or we would just be brain dead, or just dead. Like everyone, yeah. werewolf child, guys included. One of, one of my favorite things it was Fourth of July one year, and one of my neighbors ran across the street to get some more chairs out of his garage. 
my other neighbor launched a bottle rocket and it went up and it came down and it hit him right in the it hit the other neighbor right in the ass across the street. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> the dude was like, "What the hell?" I'm like, like he did it on purpose. Like, There's no possible way. Like, come on. Yeah. He was like, he was typing in the, the little keypad on the side of the garage. It's like, bang. He's like, what the? Like, sorry. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we're we're this is where we get the actual priest reveal. The Reverend looks up. They show that one of his eyes is now burnt and charred because. Well, this of, is after she's gone. The the sister. This, they they follow the, the sister around town. The sister yeah. is, is investigating. She's she's checking she's out every person in town to see yeah. who's who's missing an eye. Yeah, and she's also collecting recyclables. At the same this time. is where the Goonies come in looking for One-Eyed Willie, and they realize they're yeah, looking mm-hmm, for the exactly. Well, and the thing is, is at this point, the girl doesn't even know that it's the Reverend yet. She doesn't know till she takes the bottles into the garage and finds the bat. Yep. The aforementioned bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, this and is she another, gets scared of a mouse. This is another 80s, I don't know if it's 80s or Stephen King movie thing, but she gets there, she's got that basket full of like cans and bottles to sell or whatever. And he doesn't show his face. And then he says, oh, it's in the garage or whatever. Go put him in the garage. So she goes in there. And now he's gone from the reverend that's kind of like trying to help the town. And all of a sudden, he's the creepiest person on earth. Like just flick of a switch. Everything from the way they're filming him, the camera angles, his behavior, everything is just spooky. Like all of a sudden. And that's is that an eighties thing or is that a Stephen King thing? I think it's an eighties thing. It's an eighties thing, right? It's like a it's a hiding what the true person's intent is. Right, but then when they when they show the the the, the true person, there's no transition. It's just, yeah, it's just like now you see that I'm missing an eye. You know, when it would be it would behoove all of these people to actually just continue being less creepy, so they can still lure these people in. Yeah. But here's and thing. actually, I'm sitting there during this scene, going, "Damn it, I was effing right." <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because you called it. But is it? Doesn't he have? Earlier in the movie, he's got that like dream. Yeah, that was that was during the sequence. That was the like he dreamt the the he dreamt that everyone was dead, and they started turning into werewolves. That was the part where he said that I get a little wonky with uh, correct dream sequences. But I but. At that part in the movie, when he, because you can see you you see that it's him that's having that that dream sequence or whatever, mm-hmm. but he's like disturbed by it. He's like, make it stop, or Lord, right. make it stop. But yeah. now he's like, has he fully embraced it? Like, I don't get it. Like now he's fine he, with he's it. He's gone off the deep okay, end. So this, this is the part I actually want to talk about a little bit because I'm going to bring into some stuff from later. That, but now that we've kind of revealed which we knew, mm-hmm. some of the murders that he was doing were bad people. There was the, in his mind, he said he killed the woman that was, was about com- to kill herself because she didn't because right. she didn't want to go to hell. He saved her and the baby from going to hell. He killed the alcoholic father because the guy was an asshole. He killed the friend because he was an asshole. But you can also tell that this movie had a lot of production problems and script problems, and that there was a lot of different people working on it because they kind of dropped that idea for some of the other ones. Like at this point, why did he try to kill the kid on the bridge? The kid didn't know anything yet. That was just a kid, a crippled kid. Is what it's not lighting off fireworks. Yeah, it's not a sin to be crippled. Well, so he like, was jaywalking, and this happens <laughs> a lot with the movie where they kind of forget the intent. Now, the whole thing with this movie is it started off as a calendar, which I don't know if you guys knew this. 
the original the original story cycle of the wolf of cycle of the werewolf rather it was an a stephen king experiment with bernie wrightson beautiful artwork by the way i was looking at it it's gorgeous he does highly detailed uh scary artwork Mm -hmm. and it was this calendar and the whole story was supposed to be once a month someone there was a murder and they eventually figure out it's a werewolf and that the murders are coinciding with a full moon and they think it's a serial killer at first but they're like oh it's a werewolf um and like even that they kind of screwed up where yeah like like okay well now it's fourth of july now it's halloween but like they don't make a big deal out of it they don't make like you said they don't make a big deal of the 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 moon coming up it's like there is a lot of time that passes between these murders i think but they do a very bad job of like passing that time correct and they also do uh, toward the end of the movie they it was it was very obvious that the like there was a full moon like three nights in a row i mean that doesn't yeah well that's right. what i was saying i was like is every yeah. night a full moon in this yeah, town exactly. what is going on yeah yeah so we now have realized of course that the preacher is the werewolf he was apparently some sort of vigilante werewolf um i did at this point write down for some reason that i would like to see a movie velocipastor verse werewolf pastor (laughs) (laughs) yes i will watch that movie (laughs) yeah i think that would be good uh and the brother goes home makes a ransom note to tell the priest he knows what he is like a you know we cut up little pieces of magazine and stuff which is weird in general <laughs> tells him to kill himself yeah <laughs> you yeah should kill so yourself. Weird. i was like what and the priest gets it looks up at the camera looking evil like like a episode of the office where he looks directly in the camera like <laughs> and the sister narrating says uh they did that like three nights in a row like they sent three letters at like three days in a row like it wasn't just the one time and that's another thing. They forgot about the narrator for most of this movie. Yeah. Exactly. She was only she only said a couple things. She starts off the movie and then she starts talking again, and I think that was the next time. And I was like, Oh shit, there is a narrator to this movie. Whoops. Which Yeah. So it's like another thing where you're like, Oh, did how'd they forget that? Uh anyway, we're back to uh the church. I'm gonna skip some stuff. They're back to the church. A, a cop goes checking stuff out, he gets killed. Uh there was a nice jump scare there. I did go down a rabbit hole here to try to figure out what the first jump scare in movies was, but um, everyone mentions Carrie, but I'm sure there was some in the 30s. Um, but either way, uh, any and I believe they do the the werewolf kind of changing effect there, and it is not good because I made note of the fact that it's not good. Nope. And the sheriff is dead. So the uncle is now let in on this because. Which is weird. The third thing my parents told me is if there's ever a werewolf running around town murdering people, don't count on Gary Busey to, to be your backup. Well, I don't know. According to this movie, it seems like he could do a decent job. Yeah, he was okay. Yeah. Well, the character he's playing, yeah, but actual Gary Busey, uh, not you, not on your werewolf survival team. Right, not. You never know. Well, he might be the bait. He might be the werewolf. <laughs> you don't well, have to be true. the fastest runner. You just have to be faster than Gary Busey. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Mr. Busey, we live in Florida. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's cool. Uh, we go to Max Gun Shop. They're getting weapons. And, of course, they bring uh, 
some silver jewelry, which is, like, I think, a throwback to a past werewolf movie as well. And they make, of course, a silver bullet out of the jewelry. So we not only have the wheelchair called the silver bullet, but the silver bullet called the silver bullet. In order to, yes. and this whole sequence was actually ad-libbed, I saw. There was a, a melted down uh, medallion or whatever. And a cross, too, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think it was her cross and, yeah, I don't know, like a 70s disco-style medallion. This well, was, and you, was you said that this scene was ad-libbed, but a lot, a lot of Gary Busey's dialogue was ad-libbed. Okay. And Stephen King actually encouraged it because, you know, he said that Busey felt a very strong connection to his character. And it doesn't surprise me because his character was a drunk, so um, there's that. I think Gary Busey's sober now. Like, I feel bad. Like, I'm scared. Yeah, well. Not that Gary Busey's going to be listening to this, but I'm scared he's going to listen to it and be like, I am a joke. <laughs> he's going to start drinking again. <laughs> And making motorized wheelchairs for people. Mm-hmm. But the well, now the, I want to party with him. <laughs> the the scene where where the the werewolf actually broke through the wall, yeah, I think is what you were talking about, and that that was one hundred percent unrehearsed. So Gary Busey's reaction as the werewolf breaks through the wall is completely genuine. Oh, was that the wolf effect that I wrote about? Um, yeah. No, that's just the the scene of the wall coming apart as the werewolf busts through. Like in the final scene, like the final fight yeah. scene. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Got Where it. Gary Busey like freaks out and he like points the gun at it. That that scene is is was completely unrehearsed, so it was a surprise, and that reaction from him was totally genuine. Gotcha. Well, and I the one part about that scene that really stuck out is it was very obvious. He he removes the bullet from the gun. And he's like waving it around in a very obvious way that like this thing is coming and he's mm-hmm. not prepared because he took the freaking bullet out. Well, yeah. So holding... they... Remember you know what I'm talking about? Is that, yeah. yeah. So that? it's like, it's Halloween night. The parents leave and the kids have convinced Gary Busey to, to like help them hunt a werewolf. Cause he's babysitting for him. Bad parenting again. Uh, so they have the silver bullet in the thing and the, they're watching some movie or whatever. And then it eventually ends, and of course you have the national anthem playing. That always freaked me out at night because, like, I usually fall asleep, and then it would come on yeah. louder, louder than whatever you were watching. Yep. Scare the shit out of you. Yeah. What was it, midnight or whatever? It would come on. Yep. After and then Carson and, and then Letterman. the channel would go off the air, so you would you'd have yep. this really loud national anthem, and then it would just cut to static. <laughs> yep. It would cut. It went from loud national anthem to poltergeist, and yeah. no matter what, and, you were scared shitless when you woke. And that was always <laughs> creepy as shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just weird. And it brought me right back to that, which actually it's a, it's a good scare, right there, like that mm-hmm. creepy feeling. Uh, werewolf, you know, they're ready to defend the werewolf. Case breaks through the window, and um, he uh, he actually, as he's waving the bullet around, he says, "That's it. I'm a horse's ass." <laughs> yep. You guys must think I'm a horse's ass. Um, That's so funny. There, Gary Busey gets tossed around. There's just a big fight. And then, of course, uh, the werewolf gets shot in the eye. I forget who shoots him, actually. The kid. Uh, the kid shoots the him kid, in the yeah, other in eye. The, in the other eye, yeah. Yeah, the kid's about to get killed, and he reaches for the gun, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, just... Well, the the don't forget, the bullet went into the little like uh, heating grate or whatever. He had to dig it out. The girl had the gun. She gave him the gun. He stuck the bullet in, and as the werewolf was lunging for him, he shot him. Yeah. Uh, one of the problems with killing a werewolf is they turn back into a human. So technically, 
the town now thinks that they shot a reverend. <laughs> well, that's a good but point. They shot a naked reverend in their home with their wall busted in. So I think they're probably all right. Who so hasn't like a, done that? There's like a meth reverend. Maybe? <laughs> Who hasn't had a naked reverend in their home? <laughs> like it's happened so much in Florida that we've just stopped talking about it and be <laughs> at the top of the show. Now we just do alligators and drive throughs Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that I thought, is Silver Bullet. Yeah, well, I, I kind of liked when he dies and he turns back into the person. I thought they did a pretty good job with the makeup, like, considering. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't, you know, like, reversing the... Considering you know, it was 1985. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I thought it was... The reverse know. hair growing? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the, the arm hair, like, moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, you know. And the snout, you can see the snout getting smaller and everything. Like, it was yeah, pretty now, cool. let me... Let me uh, before we go any further with all the rest of the stuff we usually do. So I, t- I told you guys I read the book uh, True Indie by Don Coscarelli. He's a, a filmmaker. He did Phantasm um, mm-hmm. as well as uh, Bubba Hotep and a bunch of other stuff. And, of course, Beastmaster, Rob. Yep. He was actually the original director for this. Yep, that's 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 where I'm going with that's this. Really... So he, uh, he after Beastmaster, he, for, uh, he was contacted by Dino De Laurentiis who was like, I got a bunch of Stephen King stories. Are you interested? No, I'm sorry. Actually, that's not even true. He, Dino De Laurentiis uh, wanted him to do Conan 2. He read Conan 2's script, and it was terrible. And it was basically a retread of Conan. So he like was like, no, nah, I don't want to do Beastmaster again. And I don't want to do Conan again. So he got a call back and after Dino De Laurentiis was like kind of pissed off, he's one of those you know old Hollywood types that if you say no to him, they get pissed off and your your career's dead. Mm-hmm. But he apparently called him again, and said I got these Stephen King books. Do you want to try this one called Cycle of the Werewolf? Uh, and then he was like, Yeah, great. Can uh, you get Stephen King to write the screenplay? And uh, Dino was like, No, can't. Uh, they first script that was handed to him got rid of the calendar structure and was apparently terrible. Uh, then they actually came up with the silver bullet idea for this thing. Okay. And it was supposed to be just a regular wheelchair with like a silver bullet insignia on it that was supposed to be like the tie-in. Uh, and they didn't like the title because it, one person said it sounded like a werewolf having menstrual cramps um, or having its period. And the other one said it sounded like uh, werewolf motorcycles or werewolves on motorcycles, which I was like, what's wrong with that? Yeah, that sounds awesome, right? Um, so he, you know, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to write the script and change the name. They, he wrote out basically at the beginning. He didn't want the werewolf to be shown. He wanted it to be a lot. There's a movie he referenced where you don't see the killer until the very end. I forget what he referenced. Um, you know, like Jaws. Oh, Jaws. Yeah, it was Jaws. Duh, duh. Sorry, Alec. Um. I'm going to publicly flog myself. There we go. Uh, it was Jaws, and and Dino Laurentiis didn't get it. He's like, well, we got to show the werewolf. And then they hired this dude who apparently did the head for the first Alien movie, the Alien head. Really? And and, and he did uh, he did the sculpting for ET. And he also did the King Kong for the '70s version of King Kong. But and he made a bear. Yeah. Well, and that was it. And and Coscarelli is like. I want to. I know that werewolf costumes look terrible. I'm going to hide it for most of the movie, and then we'll have a reveal at the end. 
the opening sequence would have been different, and it's awesome. And that's why I'm talking about it. It opens on a guy um, in the woods, not like in a in, – and he's drunk, and he's kind of ambling around. And then you see a, a wolf about to attack him, or a werewolf about to attack him, or a wolf about to attack him. Red eyes. The wolf is about to pounce, and then right as he's about to jump, the werewolf grabs it and sh- rips it in half. So it's like one of those, like, there's always a bigger fish kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it was a regular wolf getting killed by a werewolf, and then he ends up getting killed also. Uh, Dino De Laurentiis hated that script somehow, which I, just the description sounds better, I think. And, um, like, called him to his office. The office of Dino De Laurentiis was actually in Trump Tower, which was Was it really? Yeah, it was mentioned in the book. Um, and he said, I hate your script. And he mentioned... Because they they decided to split up the script into like different seasons to like make it more of a big deal, and he's like, "I hate your script," but like the other writer was the one that wrote all the parts he hated. Uh, so he went to the office. Stephen King went to the office, and this is what's crazy to me: Stephen King is like, "Let me see what's not working. I'll help you." So he took the book home without getting paid, the script home, and wrote, basically fixed all of the problems with the script. Wow. Dino De Laurentiis was sitting there when, he, when they brought it back and was getting his shoes uh, cleaned by, you know, like one of those, the shoe shiner people. Mm-hmm. And Coscarelli said in his book, he's like, I've always wondered how, like, super rich people, because he was mega wealthy, how they pay, how they tip. He said that the guy, that Dino De Laurentiis gave him $1 and kicked him out. Like, that sucks. Wow. It's like, yeah. You know, one of the biggest money. Actually, he was probably the one of the richest people in Hollywood at the time. Anyway, Stephen King, just to cut this off here, Stephen King rewrote the stuff, gave it to Dino De Laurentiis. Dino De Laurentiis looked at it and threw it over his shoulder and was like, nah, that, I'm not doing that crap. And then Coscarelli's like, fuck this, I'm out. It's like, you had actual Stephen King notes to fix this in a really good movie. And you decided to do it. He was like, his words are... De Laurentiis is clueless, and he was handed a gift by one of the greatest writers ever, and just tra- and trashed it. And he was like, "Nah." So I thought that was a, I just thought that was a really interesting story. Um, his wife is uh, Coscarelli's wife was about to give birth to their first kid, so he's like, "I'm just not going to take his calls anymore." Interesting. Wow. So that was a little bit of interesting history about the movie. But what was going on when this movie came out? Uh, okay, so I found like a really interesting thing about this particular month when the movie came out. Um, uh, one thing is, uh, you, you've all heard of Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars was born this month, October 8th. Also hmm. a werewolf. Little known fact. A little known fact also. <laughs> also changes when the moon, the moon is full. But another interesting thing. This month, E.B. White, also known as the guy that wrote Charlotte's Web, Mm-hmm. Orson Welles, Rock Hudson, and Yule Brenner all died this month. Wow. Of this year? Month. Of that same year. Holy shit. Yeah. How bizarre is that, right? That's just so weird. But like all of those people died in that same uh, – the first, E.B. White, the tenth, Orson Welles, uh, the second, Rock Hudson. Oh, and the tenth, Yule Brenner. I was going to say, all was it this movie that killed him? Uh, <laughs> Actually, it was a, 
Actually, they were all trying out this brand new motorized wheelchairs. Oh, oh, man. Um, Great week for music. Um, You know, number, uh, I'm going to go up to this one. Let's see. Uh, Number nine, I know you'll appreciate this. Number nine, Miami Vice theme by Yan Hammer. Yan Hammer. Right. Cherished by Cool and the Gang. Number, that was eight, seven, Dancing in the Street, David Bowie and Mick Jagger. Six is Lonely All Night by John Mellencamp. Five, Part-Time Lover, Stevie Wonder. Four, Saving All My Love for You, Whitney Houston. Pretty crack. Number three, Take <laughs> wow. On Me by AHA. Great video. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Money for Nothing is number two. And number one, Oh, Sheila by Ready for the World. Remember that one? Ready for the yeah. Remember uh-huh. Sheila? Right? Sadly, uh-huh. I remember that too. Oh, uh, but it was a good. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, movies. This like 1985 thing that we're on is just awesome. Um, number seven was Better Off Dead. Number five, Back to the Future. Number four, Remo Williams: The Adventure Begins. Oh, number three, a little movie called Silver Bullet. We're gonna watch that, aren't we? Huh? Yeah. That way. What? What? Where did that land? Number three. Wow. Yeah. So Was this the week like of the release? Week. Is that? It's the week of the release. Okay. So it came in at four million. Money. No, but it came in at four million, so that must have just had a steep decline afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, Jagged Edge. Number one, Commando. Yes. <laughs> Arnie came in number one at six point five million with Commando. That's just awesome. Like, what a great year for music and movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Love it. Pop culture taking over. Absolutely. Very nice. Yeah. So, remake, revival, or rest in peace? I'm going to go RIP. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's I think hard. that's overly that harsh. No, I don't mean it in a bad way. I just mean, like, we don't need a remake. Oh well, R.I.P. means that no one should no one should see it, ever again. Oh yeah, that's true. I, I was thinking of it more like, like let's like just leave it there. It. No, I okay. don't want to bury it. So that would be uh, revival. Would be yes. Oh, like... do I want to revive it? I mean, is there like a middle ground between? <laughs> yeah, you're probably not wrong. <laughs> All right, I'll go revival. That's fine. Die, died on the table. <laughs> I don't know. It was. It, there should be a fourth option where we just leave it there. And if you want to watch it, you can. I think this movie definitely deserves a revival because I think this movie did not get the the credit that it deserved at the time that it was released. Because I think this movie was far better than the panning or the the lackluster performance that it got. Being that most people who actually saw it gave it a decent rating. Um, and and I said that we would talk about that before um the it was actually they actually kind of pinned it on the poor advertising like nobody was really sure based upon the movie posters and everything nobody was really sure what it was about you know that it was questionable so they didn't really hit their target audience they probably would have done better had they done a a decent job of advertising which is which was far more important in the 80s than it is today because today word of mouth internet you know you've got you've got you've got easy advertising there you just put it on the internet and let people go get it but in the in the 80s advertising was kind of an art and i think they really dropped the ball with it 
but I would I'm say looking at the that, poster now. I would say um, that advertising even today is just as important because all I know this was mentioned in a previous episode, but like you know, Edge of Tomorrow was poorly yeah, well, advertised. I mean, I'm not saying it's not important, but I am saying that it's a little bit easier to get the advertising out there. These days. Yes. Yeah, you're right. You're hundred percent right about that. Agreed. So the looking at the poster, there was a it's like a very dark poster mm-hmm. with a moon and like peeking through some trees. You don't see a werewolf. Uh, and it's worse. The moon is the moon is kind of grayed out. Um, it says at the top in text, it started in May in a small town, and every month after that, whenever the moon was full, it came back. Again, they didn't really mention that too much about the every month thing. So they never really went down that route, and that was a really that would have a really good touch touchstone. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, this happened again. Like they could have done the detective being like, "Wait a second, this has happened." the full moon every single year you know right there could have been that discovery yeah and this was after like all the crazy serial killers too so they could have been like maybe he's trying to kill based on the moon so there's that um there's a it says stephen king silver bullet at the bottom the eye is a a bullet but it looks a little bit like a penis just it does (laughs) it's a little penile as a (laughs) um as as a uh, graphic designer i would say no not a good poster Pretty sure that this was a poster for something else, and they just put some words on it, and a uh, uh, penis. I mean, silver bullet. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so what my do you answer... say, Greg? Revival, rest in peace, or remake? Uh, so, I had a good time watching it. I think I would maybe go. I want to say remake, but we don't need any more werewolf movies that really follow the same trope because it's exactly the same trope. Mm-hmm. But if they really made it like a serial killer murder mystery. And then lean and lean into that. I would like lean to into the detective aspect. I'd watch that. Yeah, and then and like the huge shock ending because I'm I'm always a big fan of that kind of ending, mm-hmm. where especially like the ones where it turns out that it's like connected to another movie. Like I always like that'd be kind of cool. So like at the very end, the werewolf you finally realize that it's a werewolf, and then Velocipaster comes in <laughs> and rips the werewolf's arms off and beats him. <laughs> there you go. Boom. <laughs> And then the werewolf regenerates because the Velocipaster doesn't know how to use the silver bullet. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's pretty funny. Well, question time. Give me five podcast. We do We're all question. about answering questions. We are. Now, you said you had a problem with the question, but the question that I posed because of Crazy Uncle Red, what are the best or the top five craziest uncles in film. Omar, why did you hate this question, and why are you sending me naughty texts about it? Um, it's not that I hated it. It's just because uh, crazy uncle, like the fir- like one of the first things that I thought of with like the uncle question, and then I thinking back, it's not. I don't think it's quite what you meant. Was one of them that would be on my list and I'll, I'll I'll throw it out there would be like Scar from The Lion King. That's not a crazy uncle like the way you meant it, I think. I think you meant like fun uncle. Right? Uh, no, I meant crazy uncle. Could be any any level of crazy. Okay. Any level well, of crazy, whether it be violently okay, well, crazy or just crazy fun. Okay. Yeah. Alright, well that's fair. Okay. Um so I I guess I can go first. I'm not going to let the, the – we do have a patron one. 
Uh, I'm not going to do that one at first because it did it did come through as a voicemail, so I was able to see his first one, and it takes away from my fire. <laughs> so fire, fire, <laughs> fire. Number my uh, honorable mention is only an honorable mention because he is referred to as a cousin, but he is crazy in real life too. That's cousin Eddie. Yep. From National Lampoons. Ah, but come on, I forgot about He that. is an uncle, technically, but, yeah. you know, a lot of people are. But he's, because he's not really referred to it, eh, he gets that. Uh, number five, Uncle Vernon. Crazy against wizards and owls. Yep. That's from Harry Potter. Mr. Dursley, Uncle Dursley. Uh, uncle Buck, he's the fun one, but he's embarrassing, and I don't remember that movie all that well, to be honest. It was a good one. Yeah, uh, number three, I want Uncle Fester. Okay. Uh, he can. He's turns out to be a nice guy, but he can generate elect- electricity. He's got these spooky dark eyes. Uh, number two, Michael Myers is in fact an uncle and trying to kill his niece. Mm-hmm. In Halloween, I believe four. Yeah, well, the one after season of the witch. Yeah, uh, that and his niece is Jamie Danielle Harris, and no one should try to t- kill Danielle Harris because she's awesome. Interesting. Um, yeah. So Michael Myers is a crazy uncle. Number one, Omar was wondering if I meant this. So Scar, the cra- the uncle that tries to kill his adorable little kitten nephew. Mm-hmm. Mind you, he's a kitten lion, but you know, still, that Scar is my number one. Okay. So, who wants to go next, Omar? You got you, you good? Sure. Um... Let's see. I have uh, ours. Ours are very similar. I have Uncle Buck. Okay. I've got Uncle Vernon from Harry Potter. Okay. All right. Um, Scar. I've got Count Olaf. Ooh, that's a that's a twist. If I recall correctly, he was an uncle, wasn't he? He was in the wasn't he the I, uncle? I believe so. Kids, I believe he was. Right? Oh, Lemony Snicket, yeah. Yeah. Lemony Snicket, right? And then my last one, uh, it's a, it's a little bit of a cheating thing because it's not from a movie specifically, but I really like this show, <laughs> and ah. he's such a good character. Um, Uncle Andy from Weeds. Did you ever see the show Weeds? I've I've not. It's yeah, he's awesome. He's just such a great character, and he it's the 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 father dies and the mom has to raise these kids and she does, she does it. Selling pot and Uncle Andy moves in. It's like a whole thing, but he's, like, he's just such a cool character that I had to throw it in there. <laughs> nice. He's like my number one's a little cheating. He's like it's my uncle Terrence. Fuck him. He knows what he did. <laughs> 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 and if you're listening, the cops are on their way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this got dark. <laughs> uh, Rob, do you want to go or should I? Should I play the uh, the patron one? Is is the patron our patron of unusual size? Of course, of course it is. Well, you know what? We'll let him go last. We'll save the we'll save that uh, position for him. Okay. Um, I went with I went with more fun uncles. Um, Fair enough. So at number five, I do have Uncle Red. He made my list because I was going fun. At number four, I've got. I'm gonna go back to a movie that you've already talked about. But somebody that I think you might have forgotten, and that's Uncle Lewis. 
Oh, I didn't forget Uncle Lewis. He was he was one step down. Oh, Uncle Lewis from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. He was on my list. At number three, I've got Uncle Fester. At number two, I've got a twofer, actually. Oh. I've got Uncle Donald and Uncle Scrooge. Nice. Nicely done. And my number one, the very first name on my list when this question was presented was Uncle Buck. I loved that movie. Uncle Buck was awesome. John Candy's the dude. Even now. I don't care what anyone says. So that was my list. I know I saw it. I don't remember it. It's a good movie. It's really enjoyable. That scene where he tells off the principal is classic. (laughs) It's a great movie. It really is. Well, let's, let's finish off here with our patron of Unusual Size. Let's finish off our patron of it. Wait, what? <laughs> hey, Gimme Five Podcast, top five crazy uncles. Um, first, uh, as a bonus or honorable mention, it's Michael Myers from Halloween, I guess, four and five. Obviously, the continuity of that series changes, but in that version, um, he is trying to kill his niece. So I guess that would make him pretty crazy. All right, um, the rest of my list. Number five, I have Cousin Eddie from Christmas Vacation, I guess from uh, other vacation movies as well. Number four, I have Uncle Fester from the Addams Family movies. Number three is Scar from The Lion King. Uh, Probably, if you're going just by crazy, you should have gone higher, but the other two are more characters that I like better. Uh, Number two is Uncle Frank from Home Alone, who I think is hysterical in both of them. And then my number one, is Uncle Buck, which is one of my favorite John Candy movies, and it's one of my favorite uh, comedies in general. I love that movie, and I think he's, he qualifies as a crazy uncle. So there's my list. Hope you like it. Thanks. Bye. Alec, you and I think alike. Uncle Buck, number one, baby. All the way. You got the you got the Rob Fist of Approval. You certainly did, <laughs> sir. Which is significantly better the, of the than the Fist of Disapproval. Yes. <laughs> That's not Greg has good. experienced the Fist of Disapproval. Yeah, usually involves a lot of cleaning afterwards. I so have much. a lot of issues, so I like both. <laughs> I'm just glad you have unlimited access to those rubber gloves and lube. <laughs> <laughs> thank you once again to all of our patrons, and thank you for your list, Alec, our patron of unusual size. If you would like to get in touch with us, give us your list. Give us a movie that you want us to review. Tell us what you think about our show. Tell us that Greg sucks. You can find us at GiveMeFivePodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five Podcast. You can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at GiveMeFive. Email us directly, GiveMeFivePodcast at gmail.com. And please, guys, leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're using. It helps us move to the top of the list. It helps other people find us, and it helps us keep the lights on. We appreciate you. And if you are looking for any of that cool Give Me Five podcast branded merchandise, you can find that at GiveMeFivePodcast.threadless.com. Just added some new products. Ooh. Right on time, I added some face masks. And a new logo shirt, so check it out. And I think getting a custom top five list about yourself so you can learn things about yourself that you didn't know until just now, totally worth it. Yeah, we got another, <laughs> we got more coming up, so... Be ready. I think every week this month there's a patron birthday. 
Wow. God, I hope so. <laughs> Thank you for listening, guys. You see how all things serve the will and the mind of God. You see, you meddling little shit. You're going to have a terrible accident, Marty. You're going to fall in the river. Do it that way.